I'll cut to the chase. Are you tired of tagging me in your tweets, wondering when your top fantasy player is going to be back? Are you tired of wondering if you should place that prop bet on a guy coming off of a high ankle sprain? Are you tired of asking me if you should buy low, if you should sell high in Dynasty because a guy had an ACL tear? Don't worry about guys coming off of injuries anymore. Don't worry about your prop bets. Don't worry about your starting lineup. Don't worry about your DFS lineups. Use the injury-prone draft guide and season-long playbook to understand exactly how players perform after an injury. This draft guide has over 40 player profiles on guys with injury concern or injury risk. It also has 10 plus years of NFL injury data and performance metrics for players coming off of ACL, foot and ankle fractures, high ankle sprains, hamstring strains, concussions, you name it. We have yards per route run, targets, targets per route run. This data set is going to be your guide, not just for draft season, but all year long. I promise you, if you have ever bought a subscription to a fantasy football site like Fantasy Points, the injury prone draft guide and playbook is the perfect complement. The guide also includes tiers and rankings based on guys who are at risk versus less risk. You're going to get handcuffs based off injury histories. You're going to get 10 plus years of data and injury histories. But I promise you buying this draft guide will help you win your league. Use promo code injury prone 25 for 25% off. You won't regret it. Welcome back to the Injury Prone Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Edwin Porter, Dr. Physical Therapy, Medical Analyst, FantasyPoints.com. But most importantly today, we have a very special guest. And I say that he's very special because I say every guest is very special, but he really is. I really mean it when I say it. We have Jared Smola at Smola DS uh, on Twitter. He is, of course, a fantasy football analyst over at Draft Sharks, and he is literally the world's best fantasy football ranker. Jared, before you came on, before we hit record, I was telling you that I, I have legitimately followed your work for a really long time, specifically your rankings. How long have you been doing this? First of all, welcome. I appreciate you having like I appreciate you coming on. And um, how long have you been doing the rankings? How did you get into this stuff? Like, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll we'll just sort of dive right in. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, yeah, th- this is lit. You know, working for Draft Sharks is quite literally the only full time job I've ever had. <laughs> I uh, I started working for Draft Sharks when I was a sophomore in college, which would have been two thousand eight, um, and then I was hired full-time after I graduated, which was in 2010. So what's that? Uh, thir- 13 years I've been doing this full-time. That is that is quite the amount of time. You don't look a day over 20. I really didn't think you were you were as old as you said. When you <laughs> said sophomore in 2008, I said, holy cow. You are in the Injury Prone Invitational Lower Body Conference this year. Uh, we got a bunch of, of really good competitors in there. Joe Dolan, Jack Miller, Mauricio Gutierrez. We have a bunch of guys in there that um, it's going to be a fun league. That's a super flex league. So I'm looking forward to that. I told you before we hit record, I have never met you. We've never met other than online on Twitter. And one of the first things I said was I was going to kick your ass. So um, <laughs> I hope that didn't land <laughs> too harshly because I, I I try to encourage as much trash talk as possible. The other group, um, they don't really trash talk much. I'll see what this group has has in mind. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you in that um, because I want to compete against you. I told you, like, I really haven't following you a long time. You're very good at this, and like those are the types of leagues that I I really enjoy because those those are the most challenging. Yeah, hell of a group you put together, and yeah, I mean, trash talk's good if we're not you know trash talking. Why are we Why are we playing this game? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, we do have a list of questions. I want you, like I said, to just take it wherever you you want to, um, and and then we will end with a round of pancakes or syrup, a very unoriginal idea I stole from from Rich Rebar. And then we will we'll get you out of here. You said you don't have a rant, but I really, really am going to press you to find a rant because everybody's got a rant. Everybody's got a pet peeve, man. You, There's no way you have no pet peeve, So, we'll, but we'll get there. We'll, we'll cross that bridge once we get to it. 
again, like I said, broad, vague question, but just, I want you to take it whatever direction you want to take it. 2023, I think is, I can already say, I think in my opinion is going to be the year we look back on and, and notice that there was a shift in ADP and drafting and strategy. What have you noticed in that specific strategy that you think is a mistake? What do you think a lot of gamers, whether it be in best ball or, or I know yeah. uh, season long leagues are starting to, to draft now. Like what is one of the biggest mistakes you see in ADP that you're trying to exploit? Yeah, I'm going to be super vague in my response to your vague question and just say, I think in general, drafters aren't altering their strategy enough for the format. And that could mean best ball versus lineup setting. That could mean PPR versus half PPR could mean, you know, different starting requirements, you know, two wide receivers versus three wide receivers. One of our big things at Draft Sharks is, you know, our, our draft war room gives you a customized cheat sheet that's tailored to your exact league's rules. So the exact scoring rules, the exact starting requirements. And it is pretty crazy if you would you were just to sit down and compare what, you know, two sets of rankings look like, whether it's, you know, half PPR versus PPR or having to start three wideouts versus two wideouts. It makes a pretty big difference in player values. And I think, drafters just in general aren't factoring that into their draft strategy enough can you give any examples or maybe some maybe what you noticed in any best ball drafts that you've done specifically that you think uh is exploitable something that you've seen consistently that you can specifically take advantage of well the thing that sticks out to me is and i've been saying this for a couple of years and i guess last year it backfired because uh, so this is on underdog i swear some people don't realize underdog is half ppr (laughs) Because I think, and I get, I know last year going wide receiver heavy turned out to be the right move, but I think that's just, you know, one year in a vacuum type thing. I think, I think generally, and I think this year for sure, um, wide receivers are just going, are going too high compared to the running backs on underdog because it is half PPR and that does generally favor running back value over wide receiver value. Well, you say that too, and I see your point because I mean, if you look at Pat Corrine's team, right, took down the Millie. I mean, he had Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler on his teams. Yep. So, you know, that's definitely some, something to consider. Obviously, that's just one small detail and in, uh, in, in a big pot of details that went into it. But um, that is something that a drafter should keep in mind, I think, specifically is like you don't necessarily have to lean as heavily on wide receivers and try to exploit some of those running back values because running backs are falling down the board yes. um, at this point, specifically just because of uh, all of those sort of uh, receivers that you that you mentioned before sort of switching gears a little bit. I wanted to talk about some players who, whether they're falling down draft boards, like we mentioned, because of the wide receiver surge or because maybe last year they didn't have the performance that you'd expect or, or maybe situations changed or teammates changed. Who are three players that you think are going to regress either positively or negatively that you are trying to target in drafts? This question's right up my alley. I love this, uh, you know, nerdy math stuff. I'm, I uh, head up the projections at, at Draft Sharks that fuel the rankings. So I, I love this stuff. Um, my first one, I'm going to go with a player who I think is going to regress in the bad direction negatively. Um, George Kittle, who, who, I mean, the first four or five years of his career, it was always, you know, Kittle can't score touchdowns. You know, I, I think his, what was his career high? I think it was five touchdowns was his career high heading into last year. Last year, it finally snaps back in the other direction. George Kittle scores a career-high 11 touchdowns on 60 catches. That's an 18.3% touchdown rate. That's more than double the league-wide tight end average. The tight end average touchdown rate is around 8.5%. Again, Kittle is at 18.3%. Again, going back to Kittle's first five seasons, 6.0% touchdown rate for him over his first first five seasons. So he you know, tripled his touchdown rate last year. So I think you're going to see his touchdowns 
regress in, in the wrong direction pretty pretty severely this season. And that's a concern because beyond the touchdowns, Kittle last year, his target share, his catches per game, and his yards per game were all his lowest marks since his 2017 rookie season. So it was actually a, a pretty rough season for him besides the touchdowns. The touchdowns kind of masked that. So, um, yeah, if you can't tell, I am way off Kittle at his current ADP. No, I think this is a good one. And I actually left the 49ers off of the list of the pancake syrup or both segment that we're going to do later. I'll give more detail about that. I might throw them in there because I think this that that actually might be a good uh, team to discuss in terms of whether you want you know the quarterback or you want the skill position players because, man, that offense – they're good, but they distribute so much, yeah. and it's just there's so much variance that happens. It's just such a difficult offense, offense to predict. So the other thing about George Kittle is, you know, every he was like you said down in every peripheral metric last year, other than touchdowns. Um, and maybe, and this is a little bit off topic, but what it reminded me of is the fact that Derrick Henry, in a similar, obviously different position, different situation, but in a similar way. Derrick Henry, and I tweeted this out a couple of weeks ago, 24% of his fantasy points from receiving work last year and his previous career high, or I think his career average is what I said was about 17%. So it was a massive bump. He still fell to from 24 PPR points per game to 19. Now, 19 obviously is not a bad number, mm -hmm. but I mean, at this point, I think he's being drafted at a ceiling. So when you mentioned that Kittle was low everywhere except touchdowns, that's sort of how I view Derrick Henry. That's sort of totally off topic, or maybe it's not. Maybe that's where you're going to go with your second guy. So I'll just ask you, who's your second guy that you're sort of um, either shying away from or you expect to, to regress positively? Yeah, I have Tyreek Hill here who obviously had an awesome, awesome 22, but there, there's actually reasons to believe he could be even better this season um, for starters, Hill's touchdown rate last year, 5.9%. Um, he had, he had an 11.7% touchdown rate across six seasons in Kansas city. Now that's with Patrick Mahomes. So you can you know, probably oh, wow. assume that his touchdown rate is going to come down a little bit, you know, with, with Tua, um, but 5.9% is low. I mean, what league wide wide receiver average is about seven and a half percent. So I think Hill is a good bet to score more touchdowns this season. And then the other part of his, 2020 or 2022 season, if you look at it, is his splits with and without Tua. So with Tua last year, in Tua's 12 healthy games, Hill had a 30.9% target share and averaged 10.2 yards per target. Those marks dropped to a 25.5% target share and 9.6 yards per target without Tua. So again, Hill was awesome last year, but if he scores more touchdowns and Tua stays healthier this season, Hill could be even better this year. That's actually unbelievable to hear hill being better i mean he's drafted he's being drafted at a ceiling right now but like if you're considering you his ceiling probably given those numbers you can probably say instead of tyree kill ceiling is a top five receiver i mean tyree kill ceiling is is the wide receiver one which maybe that was where he was already but you're just making the case an even better case for him given those numbers i, I was not aware of those numbers so that's going to be an interesting interesting guy to watch who's your third guy that you're either shying away from or, or targeting based on regression yeah another target for me um DK Metcalf, um, kind of for the same reasons as Tyreek Hills. I, you know, he Metcalf should score more this year than he did last year. Metcalf last year tied for 19th among wide receivers with six receiving scores. That was a 6.7% touchdown rate for him. Again, about a about a percentage point below the league wide wide receiver average. And Metcalf over his first three seasons, 13.4% touchdown rate. So you can't bet on that type of touchdown rate maintaining. But I think, you know, the, the dip he saw last year was, you know, well beyond what we would have expected. And it wasn't for lack of opportunity for DK Metcalf. He ranked third league wide last year 
in red zone targets. He had 27 red zone targets last year. Only two players had more. And then if you look at expected touchdowns last year, 10 and a half expected touchdowns for DK Metcalf based on the, you know, his number of targets and where those targets came from. That was third most among wide receivers. So, and again, he only scored six times. So he basically, you know, scored four and a half fewer touchdowns than we would have expected from an average wide receiver. And, you know, we, we know Metcalf is, is better than average. Absolutely. He's absolutely better than average. <laughs> so again, we maybe should have, should have done this the, in the other way, but I do want to know, you know, based on this regression conversation, who, which team, or maybe which player specifically, do you find the hardest to decipher this this season? Like, who's a who's a team that you're just having the hardest time with? Yeah, I, I have two here, if you don't mind. Um, the first the first one is the Ravens, who I you know, definitely want to be in on. Right? I mean, the the offensive coordinator change from Greg Roman to Todd Munkin. We you know, based on Munkin's history and what we've been hearing in training camp, we know the Ravens are going to play faster. They're going to run more plays. That's good for everyone involved, and, and they're gonna they're gonna throw more. Than they did under Greg Roman. They were, you know, one of the run heaviest offenses in the NFL under Roman. I think they're going to be probably like league average this year in terms of, of pass rate. So, you know, we, we obviously want Lamar Jackson. That's that's easy. Um, but these wide receivers, I want pieces of this passing game outside of Mark Andrews. But I think trying to figure out how this wide receiver core is going to shake out is, is um, you know, one of the things I'm trying to answer over these next few weeks here because, you know, we have the rookie Zay Flowers. We have Rashad Bateman, who I'd love to get your take on with his. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of your takes on Bateman coming off his uh, foot troubles and then, then Odell Beckham as well. And then even beyond the passing game, I mean, J.K. Dobbins is a pretty big question at this point now, too, um, with, with his what I think is, is contract uh, issues. I, I think J.K. Dobbins is healthy, but, um, you know, he, he's a bit of a question mark. Yeah, my take is Rashad Bateman to the moon. Um, so the thing about Rashad Bateman specifically and like, uh, his situation and, and the Liz Frank thing. So one thing that people don't understand about Liz Frank injuries in particular is there, it's not just you have a, a Liz Frank injury or you don't, there are so many shades of gray variability, severity, and just like with any other injury, but like this one in particular, I mean, foot and ankle specialists exist for reasons. These are complex injuries. So we don't really know the severity and the extent that he had done. Obviously, he had the hardware taken out. That's something that most guys don't necessarily do on the front end. But the thing that that tells us is that they felt comfortable taking that hardware out because the bone itself was healed. And they think that some of the irritation he was facing and dealing with was from that, that hardware, that screw that you have that he had in that foot. So he had that removed, had the injection. That's not like the worst case scenario. It's not not any any it's not an issue. And he did start camp on pup. He could come off, you know, pup list, the pup list at any time. And the one thing, again, that we might view or see with Rashad Bateman is he gets off to a little bit of a slower start. But I don't necessarily think that he's at risk for any other uh, additional injuries. Like, Could he sort of have continued irritation throughout the year? He definitely could. I think that's that's a risk that that I'm willing to take just given his ADP. But um, again, the only two guys that we really have as examples as pass catchers in the modern era from a fantasy football perspective coming off of a list Frank injury are Evan Ingram and Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown played all 16 games that first season back and he got his screw removed the following year. So, I mean, those two guys' case examples are you know, potentially what we might see. And again, the, the data on list Frank, I think is a little misconstrued too. I talk about this in my, in my ebook moral of the story. I don't think that he's necessarily at a, uh, Rashad Bateman is at definitely at a, at a higher risk. And I don't necessarily think that he's going to see that big of an offensive drop off. So I'm cautiously optimistic given his ADP that he can, he can deliver. And I, I also think that Odell Beckham could, could be decent. So I got some takes, man. I got, I got some <laughs> Baltimore Ravens takes. I, I think that that offense is, I think could be 
much better. So that that's def- but that's definitely again that's that's really hard. That's with yeah. a lot of of, of caveats and, and variables to consider. Well, the other thing too, and I mean again, I'm I'm in on the Ravens' offense, but the re- the, the reports out of training camp have been that it, they're kind of struggling right now, which isn't a surprise. I mean, they're learning a brand new offense. They haven't had Rashad Bateman. They haven't had J.K. Dobbins. So I'm um, hoping we get some more positive reports over the next few weeks and maybe get to you know see that offense in preseason. But I, you, you know, you alluded to it. All all three wide receivers are still cheap. Right. Super. I mean, they're all outside the top 35 in ADP. Zay Flowers is, is climbing, but you know, he's still in a range I like. And then, you know, Bateman and Beckham are, you, know, you can get them in the, you know, mid 40, sometimes like wide receiver 50 off the board. Right. Absolutely. Anybody else? Any other team you want to mention or? Yeah. My other one is, is Denver. I mean, I, I've been saying since February, I don't know what to make of the Broncos offense. And I still don't know what to make of the Broncos offense. I want to buy in, you know, Sean Payton, long track record. Russell Wilson, long track record until, you know, last year, even two years ago. I know there was the injury, but even before the injury, his play had dipped off, uh, you know, a little bit. So um, I I still don't know if I'm buying a bounce back from the Broncos offense. (laughs) Yeah, that's a tough offense. And then the whole Javante Williams thing, I I don't want to ever pretend to know what's going on from afar, but to only eight running backs since 2010 have come back at 11 months or before that in the NFL, I mean, ever, and he'll be 11 months once week one hits. I don't think he's going to be at 100%. I think it's going to be at least 12, 13 months before we actually see him at 100%, Javante Williams specifically. So, And then we also have the risk of him getting injured down the road. And um, Russell Wilson has his own injury concerns himself. He's had hamstring stuff in the recent past. Like He's not getting any younger. Uh, Those things tend to to creep up once once guys start aging. So, yeah, man, I'm with you on on the Broncos. Like, I'm not entirely sure what to make what to make of them. I was, I was just make one more point with uh, Javante. I think even when he gets healthy, I, I really, I really think P Ryan is going to get more work than a lot of people want to see. Cause you look at Sean Payton's history and nearly every year with the saints, he had two running backs average at least nine touches per game. And a lot of times you had two running backs averaging double digit touches per game. They signed Samaje P. Ryan like right when free agency opened. I think P. Ryan's made some comments about how you know Peyton basically guaranteed he'd have a pretty significant role. So I, I think it's going to be a, you know kind of a frustrating committee throughout the season, even if you know Williams does get back to close to one hundred percent. You've mentioned already a few teams that are going to be on this list that, of this little little segment to wrap up that I want to do. Right. Yep. So basically, I'm calling this uh, pancakes or syrup because I'm so imaginative and creative. Um, pancakes being the 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 skill players right the running backs the receivers the tight ends anybody in that offense that isn't the quarterback and the syrup being obviously the quarterback because the quarterback is going to be spread across all the pancakes and i'm a big pancake guy i'm a big breakfast guy are you a breakfast guy or are you or are you not a breakfast guy? Uh, breakfast is the best meal oh dude i love breakfast i could eat breakfast for every meal i would have no issue so quarterback will be the syrup skill players will be the pancakes the questions for these teams are going to be whether you prefer and I, and this is like you know, water gun to your head. You have to make a decision. Super soaker to your head. Um, you you either have to take the quarterback or you have to take the or you you get to take the skill player. So um, let's just start right there, like where we left off. If you had to take Broncos, if you had to draft people from players from the Denver Broncos team. Would you take Russell Wilson or would you do everybody else the field essentially? Pancakes for me in Denver. Um, I think even if Russell Wilson bounces back, he's not going to be like a difference maker. I am trying to get, and I, I haven't been taking like the top three quarterbacks very often, you know, Allen, Mahomes and Hurts, but, but Justin Herbert and Deshaun Watson, I have a ton of, um, cause I think those guys both can 
you know, probably not match the upside of, the, of those top three, but come pretty damn close. Um, so I'm not drafting Wilson or really anyone in that tier too often. I do like, uh, I like Judy. I think he's fairly priced. I don't have a, like a, a super ton of Judy, but I do like him. Um, Greg Dalsich is one of my most owned tight ends. Um, I love, I, I liked him as a prospect. I love what he Same. showed as a rookie and I like the things that uh, Sean Payton has said about him. So, and then even Cortland Sutton, there's been some positive buzz on him over the last week. I'm not sure I'm totally buying it, but he's, he's another <laughs> guy that's cheap enough where you can take some, some shots on him. Very good points. Very good points. Uh, another team that you already mentioned before Seahawks pancakes or syrup pancakes for me, um, for mostly the same reason. I do like Gino better than Russell Wilson and Gino's kind of been like my last last option at quarterback. If I do miss on Neil Herbert and Watson, I do like taking Gino where he's going, but I, I prefer the pancakes. Tyler Lockett to me is one of the best values in fantasy drafts right now. Lockett has not finished worse than wide receiver 24 in half PPR points per game over the last five seasons. And he's going like wide receiver 33 in underdog drafts right now. So, I mean, I, there's obviously the JSN concern, but even if JSN takes on a big role and even out targets Tyler Lockett this season, which I don't expect to happen. It's possible. I don't expect it. Even if that happens, I, I think Lockett can, you know, at least, you know, pay off his ADP. Do you know where Tyler Lockett went to college? K-State. The Kansas State University, the greatest university <laughs> on earth, Jared. So, um, yeah, just had to yeah, get we, that in there. I, I really like your points. Yeah. Uh, good. Yeah, we, Draft Sharks has been, we liked Lockett coming out and have been on him literally every year of his career so he's like a he's like a draft sharks favorite no yeah i think every time he catches a ball he's you know he's gonna fall straight yes. down but as long as that <laughs> that ball's 40 yards downfield and we're totally fine with it exactly. we're in the end zone then we're totally fine with it exactly all right next team up here for pancakes or syrup we mentioned them once already baltimore ravens i'm gonna go syrup for this one um just because i do really like yeah. lamar I, I mean i think lamar if you're talking ceiling, I think he has just as good a chance as the top three guys, Allen Mahomes and Hurts, to lead quarterbacks in fantasy points. I think the other three are safer in their own ways, but I think Lamar's ceiling is just as high, and he's going a round or two later than than uh, those top three. I, I don't get that either. Do you? Is that an injury thing? Like, is that the new offense thing? Is it a combination of both? Is it something else? I don't understand how. And this is sort of like a, a soapbox of mine. I don't understand how a previous MVP who put up literally one of the best quarterback seasons in NFL history, you know, just two, you know, a handful of years removed from that can still play is getting a new offense, has new pass catchers. I mean, he's not going to be trotting. I'm blanking on that. Sammy Watkins out there at one point last year, didn't they? I mean, the the corpse of Sammy Watkins. I I, I don't understand this like tear break of, or I feel like it's hand wringing of all Lamar Jackson is in his own tier after the top three guys. Like, what do you think it is? I think it's recency biased. He's been relatively disappointing for the past two seasons. That's it. And I mean, a lot of that, a lot of that has been an injury. I mean, and the weapons obviously haven't helped either. But even when he's been on the field, he's you know produced in fantasy. It's really just been, I think, been the fact that he's he's missed some time for the past two seasons now. Right. Um, and I am contractually obligated to mention that uh, both of Lamar Jackson's major injuries happened in the pocket. But we will move on from that. Now, pancakes or syrup? This one might be a very obvious one, but well, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Chiefs, pancakes or syrup? I might go the opposite direction of what you're thinking. I'm I'm going pancakes, and it's Ooh. and it's it's because I'm really not drafting Patrick Mahomes that much. He, he's my he's my quarterback three, 
behind Allen and Hertz and Allen in most drafts goes third among those guys. And he, he, he's my quarterback one. So nothing against Patrick Mahomes. I think he's the safest bet at quarterback, but he also hasn't led quarterbacks in fantasy points per game since 2018. Uh, you know, he's been, he's been seventh, fifth, third, and second the last four years. So again, he's been awesome, but um, I, I'm just, I'm not sure why Mahomes goes ahead of Hertz or Allen in uh fantasy drafts. And then, I mean, there's obviously questions with all the pass catchers outside of Travis Kelsey, but they're all cheap enough where like, you know, I'm going to take a shot on, you know, this, this chiefs wide receiver, you know, whether it's sky Moore, Darius, Tony, I'll, I'll still draft if I can get them late enough. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll take some shots on those guys cause they're cheap. I'm going to change. I'm going to switch up the last one on you and go to the team that we mentioned before. This is the last one pancakes or syrup, San Francisco 49ers. Um, Kind of neither for me, honestly. If I, if I had to pick, I'd probably go with the syrup because Brock Purdy is so cheap and just the history of quarterbacks in that Shanahan offense. I mean, God, Nick Mullins and C.J. Beathard had had some good, you know, productive, efficient seasons in that offense. Um, I, have, I have concerns about Brock Purdy, I guess. You know, I'd like your take on, on the injury because, you know, it seems like his recovery's gone well. But even beyond that, I mean, you know, he's a seventh-round pick who we're talking about. He's made like eight career starts. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's a safe bet, but um, he's, he's cheap enough where if I'm looking for a quarterback two or quarterback three late in drafts, I, I think Purdy makes some sense. Yeah, no, um, Purdy and, and c- coming off the injury, I think they are pushing it a little bit. He still isn't full go in camp, at least the last time that I checked. They were doing sort of the one day on, uh, two days off, or I think it was the other way around, two days on, one day off. So that's very, very standard for a throwing program, which is my entire life in my real job, is is creating those types of programs. So he's obviously still not at full go. They've capped his his throw volume, and, they've, and they have a schedule that they're trying to stay on. I think by the time week one rolls around, he'll be, you know, just about ready. If not ready, he could have some tightness and some potential setback, not setback. I don't even want to call it a setback. Um, some soreness, his deep ball, maybe his accuracy could be a little worse, especially in the, in the early goings. But I don't think it's hard to know if that's actually going to be something that we can take in sort of what I call sort of like in the clinical world, like, is it clinically significant? In other words, if it's observable and true, even if it checks that box, does that actually like affect something in an objective way that we can also observe in the second level. And I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really know. Um, but I don't, again, because like you mentioned, his ADP is, is fine. So yeah. I really don't have an issue to taking Brock Purdy. Yeah. He was, what he was like a borderline quarterback one, uh, in his starts last season. The weapons are obviously awesome and you can get him as, you know, quarterback 25. I think, I think it makes sense. If you want my full take on, um, on all those guys, like any of the guys that I mentioned today, they are, they're in that book, the injury prone, uh, draft guide and playbook. Um, I'm going to try to update that at, at least weekly, but all those guys are, are, are in there. Shameless plug there. Um, last thing that you didn't want to do, but I'm going to pressure you. I'm peer pressuring you, man. A rant. It doesn't even have to be a rant. It can be like, I have a pet peeve and this is what it is. Like it can't be football related. It can't be fantasy related. Like, like one thing that you, that you just, just, it just really irks you. Something minimal. It can't be like world hunger. I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go for it because it's timely. I hope I don't piss too many people off. But this FF Expo, <laughs> I want to go to the FF Let's hear Expo. It. Let's hear it. I want to go to the FF Expo. But why is the FF Expo in mid-August, which is, you know, the, I don't know, this is like the third busiest weekend for fantasy analysts all year. I can't, I can't, uh, you know, 
I can't, I don't have enough time to see my, my wife and daughter this time of year. I can't, uh, you know, get, get to Canton for a, for a three day vacation. So that's my rant. Um, I, yeah, I, wish they would, tough. I wish they'd have the ex, expo in you know, July or ideally even June. No, that, that is tough because I mean, and for me, it's like in the middle of baseball season. Right. And I, I just can't do it. I, I have to be here. I have to work. I, I have to treat the, treat the athletes that, that I'm seeing. And, yep. um, I can't necessarily, like you said, like my, I got to be able to see my wife and I only get a, a, you know, a certain amount of time allotted to, to do, to be off during the season. I'm not going to, unfortunately, uh, as much as I love the fantasy crew and, and people in the fantasy space, I'm not going to take my days to, to fly to Canton and, uh, and go to the expo. So yes, we will, we will riot next year. If it is again in August, we'll, we'll make a push. We'll sign a petition, petition of two to try to get that pushed. Jared, this has been great, man. This has been concise. It's been super informative. Um, like I told you, I've been, uh, watching your, your work from afar for a long time. And I really appreciate you coming on the podcast again. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He is sorry. What's your Twitter handle? I missed it here. It is at, I don't know. I just know your name. I don't know your Twitter handle. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, it's at, it is at Smola DS. There you go. There you go. Yeah. At Smola DS. He's over at find all his work over at draft sharks. That's it. Thanks for tuning in.